What's up, Joes? And welcome to episode 95 of the Average Joes MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan and Ryan Dempsey back with you. Hi, Ryan. How's it going, buddy? Ah, it's going pretty good today, Jeff. I can't complain. Good, good. I can, uh, I can, but fuck it. Who cares, right? And no one's going to listen to you. <laughs> no, nobody. I already did. I just did, so I've, like, I've, I've done my, my duties. You have. You have done your civic duty for the day. Congratulations, <laughs> sir. You get a medal. You get a medal. We're at 95. Jesus Christ. We're only a couple... Five, halfway to 100. Halfway to 100, yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't... Let's see, where are we at? We got Thursday will be 96. If we do two next week, 97, 98. So, so two weeks, we're at 100. So we're going to break 100 before yeah. Christmas, I think. Yeah. You guys have been really fun for a hundred, right? I was just thinking, like, what the fuck are we gonna do for a hundred? We got, <laughs> we blew our load on the we... two-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure out the exact. We'll figure out the exact date around it, and we'll figure something fun around there. <clears throat> as long as we don't play Christmas music. Damn right. Well, I mean, we'll run DMC Christmas and Hall is never. That means. Well, I mean, that's fine. That's yeah, there's always there's always an exception to the rule, and the and the theme song from uh, Christmas Vacation is acceptable as well. Yes, yes, Hol- uh, not, not Holiday Road. That's the original one. But no, I, no, yeah, not Holiday Road, but just, uh, just, just uh, Christmas, Christmas Vacation. vacation yeah. yeah, that yeah. is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I know yours is Die Hard, and yeah, I, it's a, it's number number two for me. You number want two. you want something here here since since I gave you so much shit about fucking top gun you want you want something i've never watched a die hard really never wow i have watched parts maybe of one but i have never watched either any of the diehards all the way through start to finish huh that's impressive there it is man there it is there's my (laughs) there's my fucking truth bomb you see like i look at him like okay that's a little a little depressing. When I tell Kara when she hears that, she's going to be more mad at you than I am. I think she's going to be so mad. <laughs> she's not going to be she's mad. She's just going to be really like, disappointed. She's going to be like, she's, yeah, like, she'll probably <laughs> make you sit down and watch it or something. Like, One of these days, maybe. 100? We'll just sit together. We'll watch Die Hard together. Die Cast. Die Cast, yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Episode 100, yeah. Jeff, Jeff and Ryan watch Di- fucking Die Hard. And then, and then it's just going to be like two hours of just no talking. It's just like, we'll just be watching the movies and like someone will say like a sentence here and there. Like, it. Well, I, like the last, the last week or so, like when I've actually had time to sit down and watch shit, I've been watching Star Wars. I, okay. Getting yeah. New one. Getting ready for next week. So excited! That's in. It's middle of December already. Yeah, man. Yeah, my fucking nephew's sixteenth birthday is coming up in a week and a half or some shit. Taking him to see that for the birthday? No, he's not into Star Wars. I tried to get him into Star Wars. He got into it. Like <laughs> he liked Star Wars for a hot minute. Um, okay. When he was a little kid, around the time that the last prequel was coming out. Yeah, okay. Because he was okay. like, I sat him down and we watched fucking Empire and Jedi and shit like that. 
Um, right. But yeah, he just, I don't know. He never really got into Star Wars. It was not something I could push on him. None of my, like, none of my nieces or nephews really share into the geeky shit. I mean, he likes comic book movies, sort of. So, okay. like, we kind of have that we can bond with, but Star Wars, nah. No. I, uh, I, I enjoy Star Wars. I watch them sometimes. Like, I'm not, like, I think I, like, like, never had a chance to get into them at the right time kind of thing. I just yeah. catch TV and, the, like, the, the commercial comes on, you get distracted, so you leave. And then when I finally sit down and watch them all, I kind of had an idea. Oh, because I was, like, probably 10, 11, so you heard... Darth Vader's, you know, right. and then all that stuff. You kind of get to know these things before, so right. it kind of spoiled a lot for me. But my dad got me into him. My dad is a big Star Trek, and he like like he likes Star Trek way more than Star Wars. But he got me into Star Wars, and I've been a fucking Star Wars fanatic since I was a kid. I uh, <clears throat> I've gone to the premiere showing of every Star Wars movie that's come out besides Jedi in my lifetime. Wow. Do you get just up in costume? No, I don't really, I don't get down like that, but, you know, all the prequels and shit like that, like I was at the, the midnight showings for all of those, and then I saw the episode eight. I saw episode eight twice the same, the night that it came out. Did you really? Yeah, I went to the I went to the premiere show, like the seven o'clock premiere, and then I turned around and I went to like the nine thirty or the ten o'clock show or something like that. Like, I bought tickets for the premiere. I think the premiere got done at like nine or a little after nine. Me and my cousin went. I mean, he showed up. I bought tickets for me and my buddy Lee. We went to the premiere. My cousin met me at the theater. We went outside, smoked a joint, and got high as fuck, and went back in and then watched Star Wars again. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. And then I went to the Rogue One premiere last year with Lee. And uh yeah, I'll be at the Thursday night showing. I didn't I guess I didn't get premiere tickets. I thought I did, but apparently the premiere sold out before I got tickets, so I have tickets to like the eight twenty showing or eight thirty showing or some shit like that. Oh well. This is this is how I find out we're not recording on the Thursday. I was going to mention that this week. That we, yeah, I just kind of I realized as you're telling me, I'm like, oh, I guess we're going to be rescheduling. I kind of did two mid sentence. I was like, oh, I guess we're not going to record Thursday. So, <laughs> fuck. And that's the that's the week of the Winnipeg card, right? That's the the sixteenth is the sat is the Saturday. So the honestly, I have no idea what cards are coming next up. Thursday, you said, right? Yeah, the fourteenth. Yeah, so yeah, the sixteenth. That's the. Uh, Dos Anjos, uh, uh, baller card. Word. I know, like, fights that are coming up and shit, but as far as right. cards go, um, all my focus was on, was on this past weekend's card. God damn it. Oh, I broke the cherry off my joint, and it was just burning uh. on my fucking floor, and I picked it up with my fingers, because what the fuck else are you going to okay. do? Yeah, I knocked uh I knocked the cherry out of my joint up against my fucking mic cable. So that's cool. Professional podcast. Hey, remember remember that guy that we interviewed last week? Um he's on a professional yeah. podcast. Yeah. This is a couple professional podcasts. Yeah. We we are not a professional podcast. 
but we're, yeah we're, you make amateurs look like professionals no we are better than some <laughs> there are people out there that i have listened to that are not that good i mean we're not professional but at least we don't suck at this uh, you know, not trying to toot my own horn. I'm definitely there. There are way better fucking guys at this shit than you and I, but we don't suck at it. We're 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 decent. We're average. We're average. We also have the the, the issue of being in different countries when we record. This is if true. We were in the room and we both had like the mic and the headset. Yeah, maybe a bit different story, but we're true, doing this in two story. different countries. We're doing this in two different countries. We're international, motherfuckers. Yeah, I was about to say, we're international, bitches. Suck <laughs> it. Suck mm-hmm. it. Where's y'all international flavor? You don't have any. I'm looking yeah, I'm Brendan, looking at Brendan mine. Brendan Schaub on his, uh, one of his shows a couple weeks ago was saying, uh, if you're doing a podcast over Skype, there's no point in doing it because it's not going to work. Well, we're closing in on 100 episodes on Skype, so. Yeah, fuck you, Brandon Schaub. And we did and we did most of those episodes on Facebook fucking Messenger, Facebook so Messenger. suck my dick. Tell we were, me we if were, you're fucking doing a podcast on Skype, it's not going to work. Blow me. We started off at, like, the like the Middle Ages, and now we're in the Renaissance. And right. And hopefully in a couple of time, we're in the, you know, modern technology. One of these days. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> were, were, were you excited then about uh, this past weekend's car? Did you enjoy it? Oh, you know, it was uh <laughs> Fuck yes, I enjoyed it. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? <laughs> From the fucking moment Bruce set foot in the goddamn cage to the well, Yeah, you were sending you were sending uh sending me some videos, you posted some stuff there, like I could tell you're having the Having a blast of, uh, on Saturday. I was trying to post as much of, like, the prelims and stuff as I could because I knew when the main f- card started, I was I was done. And the, you were so into it. I did not get a single photo or video of the Gagey Alvarez fight. Um, I took a couple of pictures of Tisha and Michelle, like, post-fight and pre-fight and stuff. I don't even know if I posted those to the page. I know I sent one to Kyle. I sent Kyle um, a picture of her getting interviewed and then um, uh, a selfie and stuff and sent him and Zach a little text because I knew they were recording the fight companion. So I wanted to say what's up to my boys. Um, And and I saw your, your MMA wife. Yeah, I, I got to see her on TV for a little bit, so I was uh, excited. I wish I was in the same arena as her. But after seeing what Tisha did, I don't think I would have had much of a chance of kidnapping the one-legged uh, beauty. Tisha would have fucked you up. Damn. I think I'd be too afraid. <laughs> I think just watching her, it's like, I, I'm, yeah, maybe I'll just let her. She can we'll, have Rocky. We'll get into that fight, but I, I, I mean, I was very impressed with Tisha Torres's performance. Um uh, yeah, but I'll save it for that. But, uh, overall, like the whole experience was awesome, man. Little Caesars Arena is fucking cool. It, it's how was, did you uh, did you notice anything with the um, empty seats? Empty seats at all? Or there were the upper level, like way up where like fucking John was. Right. Um. Was there were there were a lot of empty patches and shit there, but for the oh, most part, um. Obviously, the entire like area around the cage was full, and right. the whole lower, like main lower bowl, 
where we were sitting and like, you know, all the way up around the lower area was all full and a good chunk okay. of the second tier balcony was pretty full. But then like the upper uppers were kind of empty in spots. They were full in some spots and empty in others. But for the most part, like the arena was pretty full. And um, like the gate reports I saw were pretty on par with um, okay. most events of 2017. Um, right, some of, so this actually, I would, I think, I think I, I saw it was a Jedi Goodman on Twitter. Um, he posted it was like a two million dollar gate. Attendance was like seventeen thousand something, maybe. That's that's a, that's solid. Well, um, anything, anything like in those style of arenas, if you can get anything from like sixteen to eighteen, you're you're doing pretty good because that's basically a sellout for the most part. Like except for you, like you said, like those upper upper seats, and in order for those things to sell, because that card was really good on the weekend, but like you need if you want to have every seat completely full, you need to have a couple hometown guys at some point on there. Yeah, like you would. You go to Montreal when they had um, uh, Shogun Machida too. There were a couple empty seats here and there, but when you had GSP fighting anyone, <laughs> packed the rafters. It's just what it's just what happens when you get a, a, a couple hometown hometown guys or a hometown superstar on a card. Right. All those bought up fast. I was trying to find the tweet, but um, yeah, I th- I thought the crowd was good. It it. Was it was empty early, like pretty empty early. We were. And you sent me that that picture. Yeah. I said, you know what you guys did? You guys like the first people there because it looked like early. I mean, there were a lot of people. Um, because like we got there, we found our seats, and then we went and walked around the arena, like the concourse and stuff, and checked out the arena. Check the place. Yeah, there was a lot of people. Fighters. In the what's that? See if you can bump into some of the fighters. Yeah, uh, Tony. Tony actually bumped into Dominic Cruz in the bathroom. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. see. I didn't... He had... Tell me, he did the awkward. Hey, can I get a signature? Can I get an autograph? <laughs> no, he was he was too stoned for that kind of shit. We were high as fuck, Ryan. Holy shit! <laughs> I noticed when you. Uh... Yeah, I think, well, I mean, it was also, like, the main card, but you sent me a couple pictures of what you guys are about to partake in. Yeah, the cookies. So, we snuck cookies in to the arena. Um, We, Tony and I snuck our, our, um, our vape pens with fucking oil in them. So, like, every couple of fights. So, cool thing about, like, the, the prelims, especially the early prelims, um, in between fights... Like, especially because they all ended pretty early. Like, Bruce would get right. on the mic after the fight would get over and be like, all right, fans, you've got 15 minutes to the next fight, blah, blah, blah. Be back uh, in your seats yeah. by 8, you know, 7, blah, blah, whatever. You know what I mean? So you knew you had time. Like, they told you what was up. Right. I mean, FS1 card, it was like bam, 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 one right after another. Um, But a lot of decisions on that card, too. So that that kind of is why. Uh, but we would get up every couple of fights and like make our way up to the bathroom and get into the stall, take a couple hits off the pens, and <laughs> just keep the buzz going. Yeah, just have a, yeah, just have a good time. I think we we each took about two hundred milligrams. 
Yeah, it was like 50, 50 and one cookie, and then Tony and I split a three hundred milligram cookie. So you know about one hundred and fifty each there, and that that rocked our asses. Holy shit, we were fucked. <laughs> we were all like looking at each other, just like holy shit, I'm high as fuck. And then you start to do the the realization that <laughs> Joey Diaz is supposed like ten times that. Oh yeah, because like, but sometimes when I hear that like the numbers that he drops. And I started like, trying to wrap my head around it. I'm like, no, no, like it, like that's not humanly possible for you to be like talking or doing stand up like so perfect. Right. Like it's just, it's so much like too much. Oh, no, it was it was like it wasn't too much. It didn't uh, it didn't get out of control. Where right. I was like yeah, freaking get, or like paranoid. A... Yeah, yeah. We were just just super fucking bait, man. Because we it's even like a scene. Until, uh, until the fights were over and you had to get your lift. Well, and then we're in we're in we're in the seats because like no the only time anybody really stood up was like if somebody got knocked out or there was you know something like that. People weren't standing right. during the whole fight, so we were you know sitting down for fuck seven hours. Yeah, you know, like I would get up even even if I just stood up in between fights. Like stood up Do you and have people standing up uh, during en- uh, entrances at all? Yeah, yeah, some of that happened. Like, I stood up during some entrances, and, and like, you know, when big shit was going on with Gagey and Alvarez, if more people would have, I would have stood up for, like, all the fights. I would have, just because I wanted to. Just, yeah. But. Um, it's yeah. that energy. Like, when, like, it's hard. Like, when you're at home. Like we've talked about before, you know, you might have you have your drink, your snacks, you're just relaxing. It's easier to sit down. But when you're in the environment and you're in that atmosphere and you can feel it, yeah, you get that jittery, you get that antsy. It's like it's like going to uh be like going to see Metallica front row and sitting down the whole time. It's like right. like what's wrong? come on, you, you don't have that how would you like you have to feel any energy coming off the stage or off out of the octagon that makes you wanna like jump to your feet aside from like you said, a knockout or a guy gets a like a, a good position going for like a TKO or something or submission. Like if that's what makes you want to jump out of your seats, it's like you, you might get the wrong show. Right. Yeah. I, um, it was, I, I definitely was getting super pumped up watching, like watching the fights and like fighters walking out and stuff, like feeling that energy. Yeah. And, and it, it was, it was surreal. It was almost like nothing I've ever felt before. I can't say it's like nothing I've ever felt before because I've definitely felt not maybe that size of a crowd, but like just energy like that from playing sports or, you know, playing shows myself. Like, you know, that, that like the right. token show was one of the biggest crowds I've ever played for. And it, I could, you know, that same kind of feeling I would get off of that energy. Like it was nuts. It was cool. And, it makes me want to energy, go more. I didn't ask you about it, but the energy, like, what did you feel uh, when Bruce Buffer did the like, the main event that it's time? Oh, we were fucking, me and Tony were hype as fuck, dude. Like, because I remember, like, you know, like, watching it all the time on TV. You're like, oh, here we go, here we go. When I was watching, when I was uh, at the show, the GSP DS card, I mean, there was also, like, the, like, the stadium itself was, like, an earthquake, but... right. And when Bruce Buffer did that, I swear to God, I was going to have a heart attack. I got chills a couple of times. And I was, like, sober throughout the entire card. And I I honestly, I just felt like, I felt like, like, 
just like this is it i'm dying i'm like there's no reason for me to think that way but just the energy from him doing that just it destroyed me like i felt like i was on cloud nine right yeah i got i got the chills like there was a couple of times where i got goosebumps and shit right it was uh it was dude it was just cool it was an experience like nothing else, and I really want to do it again. I would like to travel and go somewhere for a fight. You know, Vegas, New York, Toronto, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely something I will do again, and hopefully it's somewhere else because I doubt the, you know, who knows when and if they will ever come back to Detroit. Dude, I think the problem that I have, the one problem I have with the UFC is I wish that when they would come to Canada, it wouldn't be like your Vancouver's, your Winnipeg's, where you have to have like the giant, huge-ass uh, arenas to hold them in. I wish they would go back to doing like those smaller, like five to 7,000 seaters, like if we have in Hamilton. Right. I would, I would drive 45 minutes to go see UFC in Hamilton. But there's no sale from like, there's no need for them to go there because Toronto's that much closer and that much bigger. Well, that's like the same thing with Grand Rapids. You know what I mean? Like they could, yeah. WWE's done Raw and SmackDown and shit from Grand Rapids. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We talked about that there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, they come there all the time for house shows and shit too. But they've done they can constantly do Raw and SmackDown from from, from Grand Van Rapids. Andel, right? Yeah, from Van Andel. Um, right. you know, concerts, we have big concerts. It's smaller arena than little Caesars, but you know, same principle. They could do that too, but why come there when they could go to Detroit? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, Detroit's only two hours and 15 minutes, give or take from Grand Rapids. Right. Yeah. It's just, a, it's a shame that there's, because there are a lot of medium sized cities Close to like these big. I mean, you would know because it's yeah. it, it just sucks that like they don't go to those ends. But then sometimes, in, like you'll hear that they're going like some like like some small town in like the southern United States. Like what? And you see their gate, and you're like, you know, ten thousand people. Like, come on, we could do that here, but you don't like right. Like, and, it, and when you watch those those fight nights, they're usually like empty seats everywhere on top of everything else. Yeah, it's, like I was definitely. Me off. I was definitely impressed with uh, the crowd that the crowd showed up. Um, <laughs> couple fights in the crowd a few times. Really? <laughs> nice. Oh, dude. Oh man. I mean, well, I'll talk about it when we get into the card. One fight in particular because it's really hilarious. But yeah, there were. It's a Detroit crowd. Now, were they? Man. Were they? Did they have like skills? Like, did they try to like, throw like arm bars and shit? Or is it just like no? Two it, drunk was just guys people, it was just people throwing down. Okay, but all of a sudden, like you'd be sitting there and you'd kind of you, out of your peripheral because you're trying to watch the fight. You you'd kind of see commotion going on, and you'd look over right. and you'd see all the security guards, and then all of a sudden, this line of fucking cops. There was they had cops in the building all over the place. It's fucking Detroit. You have to, right? So all of a sudden, just this bunch of police officers would show up in this one area, and then fucking whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. It happened a few times. It happened up in the upper bleachers. It happened up on the, or not the upper, upper, but the, excuse me, second bowl, the upper bowl. And then uh, one happened down on the floor. Um, 
on the side of the cage where they come out when they exit the cage after the fight. Because that's, right. that's basically, like, where we were. We were off of the door. I mean, you saw the picture that I sent you, but we were off the door that they yeah. exited out of the cage on. So Joe and John were, like, forward <laughs> and to the left a little bit, like, down there on the floor from where my view was. Right, okay. Dana was right next to them. That's that's what, the one thing I loved about the seats that I had was uh, it was like like I've said in the in the past like we were like directly as if you're watching on TV so you had like the red corners right to our left the blue corners right to our right so uh, when uh, the prelims ended before the card started we actually had Joe Rogan and, and Mike Goldberg standing right dead center obviously you can't hear them because they're all mic'd up and whatnot and you're so right. far away but still it's like it was just kind of cool to be able to see the, the exact angle as on tv but in person yeah so dana dana white's shiny little head blinding me that's kind of because like they did the the you know the the pre-fight shit standing up with their backs to the cage and that's you know they were right. just to my left side or whatever so i could watch that and it was like oh this is what it looks like from tv i don't remember right. what corner I want to say we were closer to the blue corner, I think, because I think I remember Eldo. Um, Eldo's corner being there, but fuck, I don't remember. I think that makes sense. Because if, if Joe Rogan is off to the left, he's usually... Behind the red corner, or in the red yeah. corner. Yeah, because yeah, Gage, it was Gagey's corner, I remember that. Great experience, man. Joe Rogan on Friday was cool as fuck, too. Now that we're fucking rabbit holed down this whole thing for a half hour. But uh, the line was insane. Holy shit. Yeah, you. I saw you had made a comment. It was some of those, like, the longest line you've seen for a show. Or the longest like line I have ever been in for a show. The only thing I think longer that I had ever been in was maybe, like, the... I went to the Motor City Comic Con a few years ago in Novi. And the line was long okay. as fuck there. And you had pretty decent seats, like, like from the pictures that you sent me there, like, from where you were, like, you were pretty well able to see him and everything. Oh, dude, we had fucking. You were, like, almost center or close to center, not, like, like, back a little bit, but it was, like, a little more centerized or. Was yeah, we were, like, if you're looking down from, like, where I said, you know, like I was saying, we were on the, the back side of the cage. Um, we were like just to the the right of the cage door, so right? Sort of, yeah, almost center. Um, I, I mean, dude, it was it was per they were perfect seats, really. And you said the only bad thing for the Rogan show was just the leg room. Oh, the Rogan the Rogan show I was just to the right of it, yeah, and it was oh god, the leg room was terrible. <laughs> Like, with Rogan, I wish we would have been, like, maybe one, because we were in the the Fillmore, it's, like, the floor, and then there's Mezzanine, Balcony 1, and Balcony 2. Right. We were in the low, Tony and I were in the lower half of Balcony 2. Uh, my cousin was on the other corner, like, kitty corner from us, like, but, yeah. Right. Dude, there was just no leg room. I was... 
I was so uncomfortable that I, I wasn't sure how much longer Joe had, but I had about 10 minutes left that I could sit there before I was going to have to get up because, like, my knees were screaming. My back really? was hurt. Oh, dude, my legs were literally, like, up against the seat in front of me. Okay. Like, yeah, see, I hate when you go to see something and you're enjoying yourself but then you start feeling that little uncomfortable oh, yeah. and you start to like not being able to pay attention to what you're seeing because you can't focus on anything else, but like the pain or the awkwardness or well, the whatever it is that you're experiencing. And that like uncomfortableness started when during Tony Hinchcliffe set. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I told, yeah, I, oh, yeah Tony, Tony opened, man. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Dude. He was so funny. Tony Mr. was Yolanda. Dude, Tony, Tony was great, dude. He was so funny. He came out just right away with some filthy jokes. Oh, he's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, Tony was really good. But then there was like, it, it went immediately from Tony. Tony's getting off stage, and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Joe Rogan. And boom. So, like, I didn't even have time to, like, stand up, quick stretch my legs, and nothing. Straight into right. Joe. And Joe went for, like, an hour and 20 minutes, which was, yay, awesome. Thank you, right, Joe. Thank time. you for the great show. But Jesus Christ, dude, I was like, Tony was in the same boat because Tony's almost the same height I am. Like he's not okay. as he's obviously he's not as big as I am. He's a he's a, a a skinny guy, but um, but we're 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 pretty close in height. And he was in the I same think, boat. Uh, I think this is uh, the tour that Joe's doing his uh, filming his next uh, next net the his next Netflix special. Yeah. Is the strange, the strange thing, a strange times tour? I think I heard him say that on his podcast a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I think you're right. I so think you're if, right. if that's if this is the one he's doing, I'm a, I want to check it out because then we can talk about the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I can rewatch it and remember some of them. The only thing I can really remember there's like a couple of specific parts of certain jokes that I remember. Um, just Joe getting angry and yelling about shit. <laughs> uh, like. Like when you hear like sometimes when they're talking about their bits on their on a, the podcast, you're like, it's not really that funny. But then you actually see them performing, you're like, oh, that's fucking gold, man. That's hilarious. Like it's it's something about just when you hear it and it has it might do nothing for you, but when you actually hear the full joke, like like Joe Rogan's Bruce Jenner joke from the from his last special was just fucking on fire. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wish. I wish I would have got to meet up with John. Um, we just we never were able to connect with each other, right? Because um, I got to the weigh-ins late as fuck. Holy shit! I missed. I walked in the weigh-ins, and Joe was interviewing Max, and it was like we so we were walking down the steps, and just as we got like to to a seat, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you yeah. had that. Yeah, yeah. I I saw Mike Perry on the way out, or he was on his way out as I came in. And then uh, uh, Sam Elvey was down in front of me, like a like far, too far away that I could carry on a conversation with him. And Dude, then hey, you did my show. <laughs> no, I was if I could have if I would have gotten a chance to actually talk to him, talk to him, I would have brought it up. And seeing if he maybe remembered us, I doubt it because he's done thousands of podcasts. Yeah. But 
Um, but I just kind of, he walked up the steps by me. He was getting mobbed, and I'm not that dude. I'm not going to go wait in line with a bunch of people fanning over somebody. Like, like at most, I just, that's all I wanted to say was what's up, and hey, you know, you were on my podcast. Hey, yeah, like, there's certain, like, you see, like, a bunch of, like, you see a whole bunch of fighters, and it's like, cool, you see them, whatever, but it takes something, like, special to actually want to, like, wait a couple minutes, 10, 15, 20 minutes to actually, like, say something specific to them, like, whatever. Or just, like, I don't know. The the thing for me was just, like, the thought process of, like, I'm standing in line with all these people. They're fangirling over it, which is cool. Like, get your experience. I, I get all that. I'm just, I, I'm not, right. the, I'm, the, I'm the same way with, like, musicians and shit. Like, I've gotten to meet some people that I, I respect and things like that, and I'm, I try not to get all fangirly about it. I just try to keep it cool. Yeah. But I I just feel weird being around that scene of people when I'm just yeah. trying to have like a a quick real conversation with the guy, I guess. I don't know. So I didn't Yeah, exactly. So I was yeah, just you, like, yeah, you said you'd want to say so doing the show or whatever. Not even that, just saying like, hey, thanks. You we talked to you on this or whatever, but in and out. Yeah. You wait ten minutes and you like pushing you because they wanted to get some signs that can auction it off on eBay right. or stuff like that. Like, right. So, so I just, I just said, what up, Sam? Then he smiled at me and shit like that. I took a picture of him walking up the steps. Well, it was a pretty That's boring, not like but... a smile. Yeah, no, I know. It's weird, right? <laughs> um, and that was it. They ushered us out of the arena pretty quickly. Uh, John got to meet Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, I saw that. That was Awesome. Yeah, because he left he left the weigh-ins early so he could get over to go meet DJ. And, uh, you know, he was gone by the time I got to the arena because I was trying to find him. There weren't a ton of people there, so I was trying to find him so I could say what's up to him, but. You, like, you would see John Mighty Bill Stim essentially you run up, go to say, like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's going on? DJ, uh, not too much. No, no, I'm not you. I'm talking to my boy John over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, DJ, DJ wasn't even at the weigh-ins. He was, um, he was at a Metro PCS store. PCS, yeah, yeah that's right. Where John, I think where John got the tickets. Yeah, I think he got them through the through PCS. Yeah, or through like one of the, one of their stores. Yeah, with Kevin Lee. So yeah, because yeah. he was DJ was at that Metro PCS in St. Clair Shores, and then Garbrandt was at a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings. Fucking so classic. Hey man. They're a big sponsor. They're a big oh, sponsor. I, I, this is so funny. It's like Cody Garbrandt. Like you can just tell he's like, fuck what I think I don't want to be here right now. Or maybe he did. Who knows? Maybe he wanted to get down some wings. Yeah. As far as celebrities in the crowd, I don't know. I didn't really see anybody or like you know, when they showed people I didn't see anybody like outside of like Fighter Realm that was in the crowd, I don't know if you did when you were watching the pay per view. I don't recall. Yeah, I know they always do show them, right? But I didn't. But, uh, I didn't because yeah. we, you know, we had the the screen oh. showing all the the shots really, and I didn't remember seeing anybody. Uh, Demetrius was there. <laughs> Cody was there. Um, uh, there was a couple of guys from like the jujitsu world that were there. Um. Uh, Richie the Boogeyman Martinez, who was one of Eddie's um, black belts and a 10th Planet Freak. 
he was there. I think his brother Gio was there next to him, but I'm not sure because I, I couldn't. I just picked out Boogie because of his goddamn beard. Right, okay. Rich, Richie's got one of these fucking big-ass goddamn long beards and shit, and I just kind of noticed him. And I, I'm i kind of making a big deal. I'm like, holy shit, that's Richie Martinez. And everyone around me like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I like jujitsu, man. The one, uh, the one I, was, I was expecting them to show uh, would have been Anthony Kiedis. If he was... Uh, if yeah. he, if that, they're not so, touring, I would expect him to for sure be at that show because why? Like that's you know Detroit, like, right? Like, there was there was somebody that was going through the crowd on the other side of the arena, like like right. straight across from us <clears throat> that had like a big security mon like of people and shit like that, and like I could see people in the crowd going crazy, but I have no idea who it was because I couldn't see that far across the arena, right. So I don't know, but yeah, I'm trying to. Remember. I don't recall them showing any celebrities. And if they did, it would have been like a really brief uh, showing. I feel. I feel like they showed more of like all the upcoming events, like the like your two nineteens, your right. fight. Next. There's so much going on that they're trying to pump up what's going on next week and the week after, and and all that kind of stuff. I feel like they did more of that than anything else. Probably. Well, I mean, that sounds about right. And then uh, didn't I was hoping to get to Bobby was there. Obviously, he refereed a bunch of the prelims. Oh, right, that's right. Um, didn't didn't ref any of the pay per view cards, but did um, did a lot of the like the check in stuff and checking them and mouthpiece fucking cup shit. But uh, we tried to. We were gonna try to to get together, but by the time I got out of Joe, like. Joe wasn't even done until it was like almost one o'clock. Jesus. Well, they pushed the, the show was supposed to start at 10. So back to the fucking line, the goddamn line was like, a, it was like a 45 minute wait plus in line. We, <laughs> we didn't doors were supposed to be by the time you get to your seats and all that stuff and everything ever gets settled. So they pushed, they pushed the show like, um, until until they knew that everybody was inside or close right. to inside. Like, yeah, they made sure everybody got in that was outside in the line before Tony even touched the stage. Because Joe got up and he was like, he didn't get up, but from backstage, like on the mic and shit, he was like, hey, everybody, you know, we're just, we're delaying the show a little bit so we can make sure everybody gets inside. Right. You know, blah, 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 blah. It's not going to cut the show short, so don't worry about it. We just want to make sure everybody gets their their money's worth. So props to him on that. But the funny thing was, we went to a sports bar, and it was a few blocks away from all the arenas and stuff. And we left and walked all the way back to the Fillmore. And we were directed to the back of the line, which ended up being like a block or two up from the bar where we just were. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, that, you know, at that point, I bet you didn't realize how much you would have appreciated being able to stand that long, knowing what was about to happen to your knees. Right. Yeah. Yep. All in all, good weekend, good times. Yay. I needed it. 
I needed it. Yeah, I'm. I was like I said, I like uh, we were talking over the weekend. I'm, I was stoked that you were finally able to see a UFC live and in person, plus get the bonus of a Joe Rogan show. So yeah, dude, it, it was. It, it couldn't have been a better weekend overall. Like the card was, I thought was really good, short of a couple of fights. Yeah. Um. And and I mean like start to finish, good. Like the the early prelims were all pretty good fights. Um, I mean, they ended quickly, but they were I like, pretty I, good fights. I only caught, I think like we talked about earlier today, I only caught one uh, prelim fight, and it was uh, the Bobby Cooper and, uh, and, uh, Magana. Magana. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, I know the reason why I watched that one, because your girl. Right. Right. So, yeah. I wanted to see that one, but. <laughs> well, let's start with the main card then. Finally, almost an hour into the show, after... uh, you know this is fun though because at least this one isn't just rabbit holing. No, we did it... a lot of actual UFC talk for a change. It's true. It's true. We did. We did talk about my experience at the UFC. <laughs> so, so we had that going for us this week. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, just as expected, how we both yeah. saw it coming. Max got the KO, TKO victory over. Jose Aldo, man, I I hate like I said this. I feel like I've been saying in 2017 more than any other year, but like I just hate seeing these guys that like, these like legends that I've watched for so long just hit that guy that they can't beat, and what ha- and they just the look on all those faces after that beating was just like, it was heartbreaking, man. Like props to Max, like awesome. I'm stoked for what he can bring to that division going forward. Damn, I feel bad for Jose. Yeah, but I mean, dude, it, it's it is what it is. Jose was that guy for how many fucking fighters? Oh, oh yeah, 100%. you know what I mean. Like he's been that guy for Frankie. He's been that guy for yeah. Ricardo. You know, Chad Mendez. Like it happens, dude. Max is this new breed and this new type of fighter, and. I'm excited for every Max fight going forward now. Like, I know I said that last week, but after just watching him and what he was able to do, because this was a different Jose than in the first fight. And Max still looked like that that level above. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's looked like, like, after that performance he had back, it was a 212 or... The first, whatever the first fight was, don't remember. The, the, like the level he looked there, I thought, okay, this guy is like force we a force we reckoned with. But after what I saw Saturday night, it's like Jesus, he actually can get better. Yeah, yeah. Like he's it's like it, it God, like it's twenty five years, twenty six now. He's just continuing but, to get better and better and better. Yeah. But the thing is, though. It's not. It's not over for Aldo. He's not gonna win the championship in this division, but that's just kind of that pill you gotta swallow, man. That's it. Yeah, the only way he gets that gets that belt is if Max loses to someone that Jose can just beat. Yeah, but he still has to get past Max at some point in order to get to that position. Like right. 
But, I mean, he still has fights that are winnable in this division. And he, he can try to go up to lightweight. He's not going to find any success there. I, no, if he goes on, because I, I mean, the only reason I would say for him to go to, to lightweight was that watching that, uh, the weigh-in. Yeah, the weight, the weight cut was disgusting. It yeah. was, it was terrible. He was, he looked like complete shit. Like when he was leaning on that scale, like barely able to hold himself up. Like that's the kind of, like when you see that image, you wonder like, is the commission actually going to step in and say like, run some tests to make sure that he is like going to be able to hydrate okay to fight because we've like this is the kind of thing like you know that like anyone who saw that picture knew that he was going to lose that fight a hundred percent because his body was like so depleted like at some point like I feel like the commission's got to step in and say you know what this guy cannot fight even though he's made weight and he's walking around like he's barely walking around. Yeah, but do you want to be the commit that commission that sets that precedent and does that? No, exactly. It sucks, but like exactly. Does Vegas want that on them? Oh God, no. I mean, in the same in the same breath, does does any commission want somebody's death because of that on them either? As I was about to say, he just had that eighteen year old girl in Australia uh, die from the weight cut, right? um, and we've seen, I mean, we don't see it often, luckily, but it does happen. Like, oh, yeah, it absolutely but, does. But, it, but it, it's like, you know, from, from your wrestling days, it's up to the, the person that if they wanted to do it, it's on, It's up to them. Like, well, all, all you can do as a team is help them do it as best they can. It took deaths in the sport to make changes at the high school level. It took the death of two collegiate wrestlers at the University of Michigan um, <clears throat> when I was in high school or going into high school or whatever from weight cuts and like they were cutting weight in the shower, wearing sauna suits and stuff. Right. And, uh, got too dehydrated and died or whatever it was. But because of that, it, the state of Michigan made a bunch of changes to where like outlawing sauna suits, you know, cause you used to be able to wear plastic suits or you know, garbage right, bags or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they, they ch- made changes to that. They made changes to the weight program that you had to do. Uh, uh, they call it the alpha weigh-in at the beginning of the season where they check your body mass and, and your hydration and all this other shit to okay. determine to determine what weight class based on your body fat and all this other stuff that you can safely get to. Um. And then even they went even farther. Thankfully, it didn't happen until after I graduated. But uh, the year after I graduated, they went even farther to make it so that um, you had you were only allowed to lose two pounds a week. So say, oh wow, yeah. Well, so say like for me like i i came into wrestling my senior year like 225 230 somewhere in there from football um okay. pretty cut but then i i from just like weightlifting the entire summer and shit and then i dropped down and wrestled at 189 pounds jesus right i mean that's like you know august to i mean i started thinking about it at the end of september kind of change my diet a little bit or whatever and then just slowly try to get weight off during football season 
to where I was at a good spot to make weight. But but before, because of that, if I would have, say, I would have alphaed at, like, 215 pounds, they would have told me I could only lose two pounds a week. I could only, right. you know, I, I couldn't just drastically make that cut and and get to that weight class in, in a couple of days or whatever. Like, I had to go through X, would have to go through X amount of weeks before I could actually make that weight which was okay I mean, I, uh, it would have fucked me in high school because i cut a lot of weight my senior year obviously and had to keep cutting it all the time right yeah because what do you do you fucking you make weight well, you drink a bunch it. of water and you you eat food and then fucking yeah. repeat steps one through kill me weight cutting sucks it fucking sucks <laughs> I uh, see, I never I was on the was never on the, those kind of teams or anything, but uh, a couple of my friends were on the wrestling team in high school, and I don't know the exact uh, weight classes that they would have been in, but they were doing their they had to have their weigh in for some meat, so two of my friends had to lose like five pounds, so they had their they they did like the sweat the sweatsuit with the garbage bags, and they would run up the flights of stairs, so you're going from main floor up to the third floor. And then back down, up and down, up and down. My other friend, he had to put on three pounds. <laughs> so he goes, Ryan, come with me to Wendy's. And he just loads up on a bunch of Wendy's. And he sat in the stairwell while these guys are running up and down the stairs trying to lose weight. He's sitting there just eating these burgers and he's eating these fries and drinking Frosties. Fucking asshole. And, well, when, the, when they actually they made weight and everything was fine. The fucking next week, though, they fucking they put a beating on him. It's like, well-deserved beating, but it's yeah. just so fucking... Yeah. just sitting there munching on burgers. Like, hey, guys, how's that weight cut going? I got to put on two more pounds. How are you guys doing? I got to put on one more pound. He's just munching on burgers. <laughs> Such an asshole. Fucking asshole. I'm <laughs> getting ready just, like, to drop dead. Like, you know, you're, oh, you're, yeah. You're not just trying to lose weight, but you're also running up and down flights of stairs yeah. nonstop. Like, right. It's not like... Yeah, like sitting in a sauna, like you, well, you see on Ultimate Fighter, they'll get all done up, they'll sit in the sun, and that's it. These guys actually had to exercise, the dress that way. Oh yeah, like, dude, we had well, thank you. we had a pool <clears throat> in my high school. <clears throat> so then there was a little balcony up above the pool, and it had yeah. four bleachers, like oh. four, like long, long sets of bleachers, like the length of the pool, but there was only four levels to it. Right. And we would fucking snake through those four levels of stairs. Ugh. Dude, miles. Miles. Yeah. Easily, like, th- there are plenty of easy times I ran five miles with, without even thinking about it. But I, I cut, like, I, the, the hardest cut I ever had, I had to lose 10 pounds in a day. In a few hours, in like six hours. Oof. Yeah. Was was that around the uh, the grapefruit diet? Days? That was during the grapefruit diet. That was like the that was our very first weigh in of the season for our first meet. Um, I lied. I said oh, I might have been twelve. <laughs> I, I might have just said ten, but I was over. I was over by a lot. Like it was one ninety nine, one two hundred, you know, whatever, <laughs> two hundred one, some shit. And I right. ran until I was dead. Like dead. 
I got home from practice and I just laid on the floor, curled up in a ball. Just like shriveled up. Oh, so much. Like I, I understand how Jose Aldo felt. Like, right. Or Jose Aldo. Fuck you, Keith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I understand how he felt. Sort of like the pain and shit. Because that shit, it hurts. It just drains your body. Like, I couldn't even piss. Oh. Yeah. You're like, oh, I can go, yeah, so, yeah, go you have piss like, a couple of ounces off. No, there ain't shit there. No water in you. It's hell. But, you know, you do it because <clears throat> you fucking made those choices. In their case, you did it. You fucking do it because you're trying to make that money. Right, but yeah. like, like I've said to you, you and I had talked about this a lot over the weekend. Like, it's not over for Eldo. He just found a guy he can't beat. Max is just that fucking good. Yeah, and that happens to a lot of fighters. Like a lot of fighters that like that you think are not necessarily like unstoppable. They're just like they're just guys that they might have like a, a so-so record, but once they get up to this one guy, they put up like they just can't get past him for whatever reason. And that, and. I mean, and it, 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 it happens to, it happens to but a lot of people, a lot of people I've saw the reaction is just, it's just shock and, and all those done and, and this, that, the other thing, like at the same breath that everyone's saying all those done, I didn't hear anybody picking Aldo to win. That's, that's the big thing too. It's like the people, like for me, I thought Max was going to win. I thought it was gonna. Like I got just. I envisioned it. I didn't. I had the. I went with decision, but I envisioned it basically being the way that it was, just picking them apart repeatedly. Um, and for me, it was just. It's just that aftermath. Just seeing him. So I mean, okay, that one shot of him in the hospital, where he's smiling, whatever. That was a little more uplifting to see that he was in kind of kind of good spirits, but that initial loss like that initial reaction to Austin he was he again he was just like that shell of himself and it's just like dude he took a lot of shots like he, I mean yeah, Max he, was fucking just boxing his face yeah yeah but he and I mean Jose got in a little bit but yeah, when he would there were he would get in Max was able to pop him once that allowed him to regain his distance right that's the difference is that Joe's is used to getting inside and being able to stay inside or pop in and pop out. He's not used to popping in and then being forced out. And Jose's legs kicks were doing damage. You could hear those fucking things. Those, those, yeah, I was, I was like, I, again, I feel like he stopped. I might, I, I haven't really watched this fight a couple of times. I haven't really had a bit of a busy week, but, um, I feel like he stopped using them at one point and that's when Max really started, Turning it, uh, turning it up a, a notch. I might be wrong with that, though. No, he. Oh, excuse me. Um, no, he took his foot off the gas a little bit, and Max fucking just pounced on that. And you had to wonder if it was a combination of the weight cut, and also we know how Jose is in rounds four and five. Was he maybe trying to save whatever energy he had for those later rounds, and it just never got there because Max saw that slowing down or was he just generally tired and beaten? I mean, we, obviously we don't know. There's no point in playing that guessing game because, and still. Right. Uh, 
but you just gotta wonder, like, like you know, maybe like you said, like, like I wouldn't mind seeing like a Korean Zombie two, uh, and seeing uh, him and Cub maybe, Lamas. I mean, let's now that they could do that fight if Lamas wins. I mean, we missed out on this fight like already. I mean, maybe in the future we can get it. Right. Uh, I mean, there's yeah, there are definitely matchups for him. I'm just interested in seeing if guys watch this the Holloway Aldo tapes and start seeing something, and then they're able to implement the exact same game plan. And if they can do what Holloway did, or is Holloway like just that caliber? Like, did he expose him, or is he going to be the champion that we think he's going to be? Well, I mean. And yeah, he already we know he already beat he's already beat Frankie twice. He beat Yeah, it's no Frankie. Right. He beat Ricardo. I don't Ricardo has looked good against other fighters, but has he improved that much that he's gonna beat Jose Aldo? And that's the other thing, like with that Ricardo <clears throat> that was another one of those fights that we talked about last week where it was rounds four and five he started coming on, but that's that was Jose's game. One, the one that I wouldn't mind seeing is is, uh, is the Korean zombie. Yeah, I would like to see the zombie too. I wouldn't mind seeing like if, if they you know if they make it a five round main event, like on a fight night somewhere like if Brazil zombie, or Korea, he, he, if he can stay healthy and uh, not get hurt, like when he popped his shoulder out, that changed that fight. Like if he was able to put pressure on Jose in the fourth and fifth, like we've seen other guys do. Jose might have ended up losing that fight. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fight game injuries happen. But... Right. Well, so, dude, we got to remember coming up with Max. In January, he will have been undefeated for four years. Yeah. He hasn't lost a fight in almost in four and a half. Right. Yeah. Like. I mean, and there's something like I, I mentioned this last week that he, after that Connor fight, was three three in the UFC, I believe it was, and didn't necessarily look like what he is now. And he was probably a loss away from getting his walking papers back then. And whatever he did, whatever he turned turned on inside him. Like, Jesus, fuck. Yeah. Like, just props to him. I mean, I... Made, like, I just, the Frankie fight now, to me, does seem a little bit more intriguing. Because now, like, I want like, I want to see him maybe taken down and in some trouble on the ground and see what he can do. Uh, because, I mean, we've seen what he can do with the stand-up, uh, stand-up fighters in the last, uh, the last couple He's had so, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We'll find out. I don't think Frankie poses. I mean, this is a big one. I don't think Frankie poses that much of a big risk to him either. I think it would be a good fight, but I, Max has got good ground game. <clears throat> Max also has the we talked about last week that he has that height. Oh, fuck yeah, like, he just, he towers over. 
too many guys in that division. That's but that's kind of the game Frankie likes though. He likes everybody's always bigger than him, so that makes it easier for him to get inside and underneath them. <clears throat> right. You know, Max goes to throw a punch or fucking a kick. Frankie ducks that shit. And yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess, going forward for, uh, for Max. Because he didn't, I mean, he'd probably take a fight relatively early, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. I would I would think by February, him and Frankie. It's more so probably on Frankie's recovery time off of this right. bone injury or whatever the fuck. Um. We'll see. We'll see. The co-main event, it didn't take very long for Francis Ngannou to knock Alexander Overeem dead. Jesus Christ, dude. I want to be Ngannou's best friend. Like, that's all I want in my life right now. I just want I just want Francis Ngannou to say, Ryan, you're my best friend. That's all I want. I want him to be my neighbor. I want, like, I, like, I'm so, like, this guy is now in two fights this year. He's woken up my entire family twice. Yeah. Like, Kara, goes, I'm, Kara says, I'm going to bed. She couldn't stay up any later, so I said, okay. She's in bed. Kids are sleeping. I'm sitting there. I'm watching. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to scream when Alistair gets knocked out. I was expecting a knockout. I wasn't expecting Mortal Kombat. And Dead. I may have yelled a couple choice words. May have clapped my hands a bunch and... Kept on saying, you know, oh shit, a few times. But I heard the baby's crying. Scared Carlo awake. Yeah. Scared Connor awake. I jumped out of my, jumped the fuck out of my seat screaming. Kara comes up to me the next morning. First thing she says to me, what's wrong with you? Like, it's Francis and Goddard. It's not my fault. It's Predator. It's Francie. He's, he, and I showed, her, I showed her. She goes, what was it? What was so important? And I showed her, and she goes, wow, wow, wow. She's uh, what an upper, I, mean, I love uppercut. Oh, she's going to like, now you see why I screamed. There was literally a murder happened in Detroit last night, yeah. and it wasn't on the streets. Yeah, I posted that video. Y'all want to see a dead body? Yeah, it was, oh, I mean, I mean, no surprise when we get to our hearing show, but. That's my knockout of the year, unless unless someone comes up with something more spectacular, like Jesus. Yeah. Yep. And new heavyweight champion. Yeah, I mean, I said, said someone it months Stipe, ago. Stipe, when he came out, I think on Twitter, and someone maybe tweeted about him, but he said, you know, who did to do facing. And gone. He goes. I don't care. You put me up against Godzilla or against King Kong, or whatever. I'm gonna still walk out as the champion, or whatever. And then, like <clears throat> a couple of days later, I saw this thing it was uh, Stefan Struve just teeing off on uh, teeing off on Stipe and says, you know, Stefan did this to the champion. <laughs> and then it shows Ngannou. and then like with the uppercut, and then something like, yeah, and and he's gonna fight this guy next. It's like I got. I like. I got bad feelings for Stipe. I like Stipe. I like Stipe too. I hope it's in Cleveland because I will go. You don't want to see him losing his home. Fuck yes, I do. <laughs> Why? I'm not going to watch him. I'm going to watch Francis fucking Ngannou. Got it. He has. I mean, 
he has all like the power to like just run that division. Set he could he could set that heavyweight record in like in no time. Oh, and all two title defenses. No, I mean like I mean just like run away with it. Like he could he could with what he's shown so far. Like if he just keeps on getting better and better, you could be looking at like you know seven eight defenses in a division that's not known for well, that's for length. Well, let's pump the brakes a little. Okay. No, I'm saying with his age and with what we've seen so far, and with what's in that division, because they're just going to keep on giving him, like maybe Verdum might give him some trouble. But what, like he's not that young age. though; he's 31. And everyone else in that division is like 51. I mean, look, I'm not. I'm. I'm no, no, no. I'm. I'm just saying, like, I, it's the heavyweight division, man. All it takes is one punch, and you go to fucking sleep. Definitely from from anybody. I mean, I, Alistair could have easily done the same thing to Francis. Oh, 100 percent. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Like, let's I mean, pump. Where Alistair had him when Alistair had him like starting to get him into the clinch, which is where he would have done more damage. He couldn't get and gone off of him. Right. But let's let's pump like, the brakes a little on this seven eight title defense thing here. I'm saying I'm I'm not saying for sure. I'm saying he has the potential to do it. Sure. And he's also got the potential to eat one bad punch and go night night at any point. Sure, Stipe could knock him out cold, right? Or any other it's person coming I'm out. Saying, like, from what we've seen right now, like this, like when it comes to the heavyweight division, there hasn't been someone I think this exciting in a long time. I agree. I agree. You know, you know who watched that fight on Saturday night and probably thanked his lucky stars he tested positive was a Mr. Dos Santos. Probably. I watched that fight. Said, Thank God I took that supplement. Dad, Ju- Junior would be fucking retired right now. <laughs> retired. Retired. In the third fight of the main card, just this fight really let me down. God, this fight let me down. It kind of ended up being what I mean. It it was more of like a Cejudo showcase than anything else. Like no, it wasn't even a Cejudo showcase. It ended up being a Cejudo doing exactly what he knew he had to do, or what what would win the fight without having to fucking risk much. Henry wanted okay, to yeah. secure. Yeah. Henry did what he had to do to secure his title <laughs> shot. Get your win, cool. But I had hyped this fight up so much. And expected so I, I much more out of it. Yeah, I think that, like you said, they playing it easy because it looked like they had a little stand-up exchange, but then when Cejudo decided like not to risk it anymore, maybe he got maybe he saw something or ate something he didn't really care for and just wanted to take it to the ground or just tie up to play it safe. And and then it turned it, into a wrestling match. That's all it was. Yeah. It was it was top risk control. And like you were, and like you know, you had said last week, um, you know, the Pettis can wrestle because we like, with the team that he has. But you see the difference between like a, like a guy who's been wrestling his entire life, going all the way to the Olympics and winning a gold medal, to a guy that's wrestling for the sake of MMA. Right. You want to know what the most exciting part of that whole fight was? The ending. The fight in the crowd. Oh, there we go. The I'm fight sorry. in the crowd happened the last minute and a half to two minutes of the fight. 
it was so much more interesting that Joe was standing up on his fucking chair, looking away from the cage, watching the fight in the crowd. Really? Go back, rewatch the last part of that fight. It was in the third round? Yes. And just, like, put it at about three minutes and wait. It might even have been the last minute of the fight. I guarantee you Joe just shut up, and it's all John talking because I, from my seat, could see Joe's eyes bugging out of his fucking head. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, we were cracking the fuck up. Joe just, like, jumped up on his on his chair, and he's just, like, bug-eyeing, <laughs> bug-eyeing out in the crowd and shit. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. That's how bad that fight was. That's how bad that fight was. And now you look at the Huda, like you had said, you know, play it safe so he could get himself into position to get the, the next title shot or whatever it needed to do. And then he wakes up on Sunday morning to find out that, quote unquote, the talks are happening for Mighty Mouse and uh, and Dillashaw. Oh, he knew he wasn't getting the next next title shot. He just no for him like this. He could like you know he's got to be thinking like, I mean, we talked last week about wanting to see the Benavides go back, but you never know what that division, what's going to happen because Mighty Mouse has beaten everyone. Right. I mean, I I just I think Cejudo more than anything cemented himself into right a title shot. But yeah, he knew he knew he was gonna have to wait for for DJ TJ to shake out, and then he just would try to get the winner of that and go. For I still there. don't want that fight. What DJ TJ? I think TJ is gonna just. I think it's going to be a big one of those fights that everyone gets hyped up and excited for, and then TJ just picks him apart and finishes it. That's I've just never wanted to see it. Just but I just think that TJ's too going to be too big. Finally, for... see the fucking fall of the empire, bro. I like yeah. I like watching <laughs> no. fucking people go down. Just not people I like. If, you, if DJ were to lose to a guy like Cejudo, I could say, okay, they're both 125. But if TJ cuts down to 125, but he walks in there like 140 on fight night, or so, you know, like if he wait, if he's able to rehydrate himself and be uh, like the fighter size that we think that, where I think he would be at, I just think it would be just, what's the point? It'd be like Robert Whitaker getting ready to go off and take on Stipe. Like, why would you, like, I just think that TJ's gonna be way too big in that fight for DJ. We've seen DJ at one twenty, at one thirty-five, and he didn't. He he had a lot of issues. I don't know. I just feel that he's. It would just keep him one twenty-five. Who cares? Do something to make DJ exciting and get some fucking money, dude. Because people don't care. People just don't care. Yeah. Right, the reason behind it. It's just, eh. Yeah, I think uh, this fight next was my favorite fight of the of the card. Uh, it wasn't obviously the the vicious, disgusting knockout that Engano and Overeem was, but it definitely earned the fight of the night honors. Uh, Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje. Yeah, 
It's funny. It wasn't as necessarily as wild and crazy as I thought it was going to be, but I think that uh, I think that it was one of those things where I just it was like, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. That it ha- it couldn't live up to that. But when I went back and watched it, I was still thoroughly thoroughly entertained, and it like, it was just like a solid back and forth. Like, okay, you're gonna have to tell me. Because I, I I have a question because I have not watched it back. I haven't watched any of the okay. fights back. I've only seen them from the perspective that I saw them live. What the okay. fuck were they saying about Eddie Alvarez's face? Because I from where I was sitting, he had it looked like a broken fucking either That's bottom of his orbital bone or jaw. The, I forget who was the second or third round when they mentioned it, but. They were saying that he had some significant swelling. That's all they were, they were kept on saying that over and over. And at first, because of the angle that they were showing on the TV, I couldn't see it. But when he turned his head this one time, it, it was it was so noticeable. His cheekbone was fucking broken. There's no yeah. way it wasn't broken. The way was, that that yeah, was swelled up, it was fucking broken. Something, something was broken in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was like uh, it was like Koscheck's eye when he fought GSP. Like that one shot. And then just like a like popped right open. Yeah, Gagey like Gagey broke something in Eddie's fucking face. Yeah, it yeah it's it, yeah I forget who it was that said it. I think it was I think it was Joe Rogan goes mentioned oh you know some swelling some swelling some swelling and then you could see it was a little red at first and then two minutes later it was just like just massive. They didn't they didn't really I don't recall them saying anything about it what's broken but just saying that significant swelling and uh, stuff usually joe kind of is like oh he's got a broken this or that or whatever yeah so i feel like that actually gave me gave one of the best uh memes i've seen this week with there's a picture of uh eddie alvarez and he's tested positive for spinach <laughs> See, yeah that's a, the shitty thing is i don't want to give them more money to rewatch the pay-per-view Right. But I do kind of want to see it. I guess I got to wait the six weeks for it to come on the fucking fight pass. It was crazy. Like watching like nearing the end of the third round when they were kind of tied up a bit and Eddie's throwing like they were both exhausted. Like, Oh, yeah. Which I mean, how could you not be? Uh, okay. And Eddie's throwing these like uppercuts that are hitting Gaethje like square. And it looked like he, like they like, I mean. Obviously, they hurt, but it almost looked like there's just no power because they were just so tired. But you could just see Gaethje's head moving, like oh god, like you knew they were hurting him. Oh, and fuck then, yeah! And then when they, it was when it was right around this, like Gaethje kind of stood up, and he just looked. I'm like, I, I figured if they make it to the end of this round, Gaethje's just gonna collapse. And when the when Eddie got and hit that knee, and Gaethje dropped. <laughs> And you know, and he puts his hands up, and you see Gagey try to stand, and so he goes, "Oh fuck!" So he hits him a couple more times. Referee pushes him off, and Gagey tried to stand up again. Oh yeah, just kind of rolled over. It's just like, oh, like this guy will not go down. Like he will just—he's too tough for his own good. Like, no, like, I think if they would have let him, he would have kept fighting. Oh, hundred percent. I've never seen a point where. I've never seen a fight rather where a guy raises his hands in, in victory, 
and then rain down more blows because the guy was trying to stand. It's like it was almost like a Mark Hunt walk off knockout, but then rushing back in to get a couple of shots in case the referee wasn't going to end it. Right. Like it was insane. Like you got to kill that motherfucker. Props to Gaethje, man. Like he, oof, he. He's a fucking he's a tough son of a bitch. Let's run it back again. Yeah. <clears throat> Gagey gets another I, win, whatever. Eddie don't get a title shot. Run it back. I would watch. I'd watch those guys have a trilogy. Fuck yeah, I would too. I I'd love for it to be like Gagey. You know, you know, say Gagey beats Eddie to get the title shot, and then the third fight is for the title on top of everything else. That'd be cool. That'd be the fun with. But yeah, that would be that'd be fun. That would be fun. Uh, and then in the opening fight of the card, Tisha Torres picks up the decision win over Michelle Waterson. This was just bad. Poor Michelle Waterson just got beaten up on by Tisha. And she, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I missed uh, I missed this fight. So the or the the first time. Uh, so Michelle's I, tough. That's what I was going to say earlier. She's there, fucking tough. When I first put it on, she was in control in that second round. Okay. I think it was like the end of the second round. And so that's all I have to go off of. I'm like, okay, well, let's hope that Tisha had a good first round or, so, or a good start to the, to the second round and then whatever. And then third round, it was all Tisha there and so when I start, when I heard the thirty twenty seven on the scorecard, that's when I was like, okay, I definitely have to go back and watch this fight from like beginning. Also, I you know, would have done it regardless, but that seeing that what I'd saw in the second round and she won at least one judge didn't give her the round, I had to go and see what Tisha had actually done. And fuck, yeah, like, I just I didn't think Michelle won a round in the fight myself either. Right, I forget if it was like. 29 28 or if there was all 20 30 27 or what it was exactly but i remember hearing at least one thirty twenty seven. like i said i thought that okay it must have been a really rough beginning of that second round uh for michelle in order for her to look the way she did at the end and still i guess michelle had four and a half minutes of fucking control i don't know i just don't remember any point where i thought she went around but again, like I said, I haven't gone back and rewatched this fight. That's that's just my memory from right, yeah. fucking live of the event. So yeah, Tisha. Like I don't know what they do with her next, but she's got to be closing in on either a title shot or a number contender slot. Because if they if they if they do rematch JJ and Rose, I feel like Tisha's next match has to be number one contender spot. Yeah, we'll find out on, uh, I mean, at least in the rankings, we'll find out where she's at come Thursday when the new rankings drop. Right. Uh, as of right now, she's sitting at number five. Uh, she's probably a couple fights away. Yeah, you, know, you got Carolina in front of her, Claudia, Jessica, and Draj, Joanna, obviously. Right. Um. I think maybe had Joanna beat 
Rose, she would be sitting in a better position for a title shot. Right, yeah. Because it's fresh blood, just like Rose was. But, you know. Yeah, Tisha's a couple fights away from a title shot, but she's not far off. She just got to keep doing what she's doing. Exactly. Been on a good run. Good for her. Good for her. So you, that's the main card, and you didn't really see the prelims, so, you know, I'll kind of breeze through these real quick. And uh, we can call it a podcast. Paul Felder. We can, we, we can have a little uh, little talk on the uh, the ABC and Magana, though. We can oh yeah. Magana. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. Their was... seven-year winless streak. <laughs> Not seven fights, seven-year winless streak. <laughs> uh, Paul Felder. Paul Felder looked really good, man. His jujitsu defense is impressive. I kept like we kept screaming like, "Why the fuck don't you just stand back up, dude?" Because he would just right. like he would you know he get taken down, he would get get up and then go back into the fucking into the garden shit or have opportunities to escape and wouldn't take it. But he looked good. Man. He looked solid. But Charles Oliveira's jits was fucking nasty. Felder, I don't know how the fuck he got out of some of that shit. He ended, I think he was in a Darce. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Darce. Uh, Yancey Madero's got the third round TKO of Alex Oliveira. That was a really, gotta, really fun I gotta, fight. I gotta see that fight. I gotta find that one there at some point soon because yeah. I heard. Yeah, I heard that was just a fucking war. It was. It was a fucking war. Alex was beaten up on Yancey for uh, a good portion of that fucking fight. So, yeah, it struck him. Hawaii was in the fucking building, man. There were a lot of Hawaiian flags flying around in Detroit. Oh yeah, there was some. There were two hey. people, one on either side of me, a few seats over with a Hawaiian flag. Uh, there was a lady there, and then there was a guy on the other side. There was obviously Max's family down by the cage with theirs, but there was there was probably. I mean, we're not talking like you know Conor McGregor fucking Ireland and Vegas right. or right. New York numbers, but I, I saw about probably maybe ten Hawaiian flags in the building. Like from the rafters nice. in different parts of the building, so yeah, that was cool. Um, I missed the David Tamer and Jakar close fight, which I you don't know, whatever. I'm glad I did because it turned out to be a pretty shitty fight. Um, I, we went to get coffee because we were fucking pretty stoned at that point, <laughs> and uh, wanted to make sure we stayed awake and. We got stuck at the fucking coffee shop because we went to the coffee shop instead of getting coffee at the fucking concession stand. And basically I watched. Luckily, it was by the bar, so they had the fights on. So I watched a good chunk of it on TV, but no sound or whatever and couldn't really tell what was going on. And then the opening fight of the FS1 prelim fight. Oh, shit. Hold on. You fuck. You are so good looking. Ooh, god damn it. Thank you. Fucking <laughs> dude, the temp dropped like thirty goddamn degrees today. 
Oh, you don't get to tell me. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. It's fucking with me bad. Uh, I'm done with it. Yeah, fuck winter. It's not even winter again. I'm done with it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Felice Herring picked up the decision win. Uh, I, I need to rewatch this fight, but I was really surprised when they called Felice Herring's name. I thought Courtney Casey won that fight. From <clears throat> And so did Tony and my cousin. We all thought that that Courtney Casey won, so I don't know. I don't know. I need I've got that those prelims tapes. Well so if I you know. were a boxing judge you might see it differently. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh Justin Willis picked up the knockout win over Alan Crowder in the opening fight. Uh Dominic Rez got the submission win over Jeremy Kimball. That was actually a pretty entertaining fucking four minute fight. Uh, Abdul Razak, Razak Al-Sahan got the bullshit KO win over Saba Hamase. That was fucking horse shit. Bad, bad stoppage on that one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then in the main fight of the prelim card, my girl, ABC Beat the shit out of Angela fucking Magana. <laughs> but I did get to see one of Angela Magana's titties on a big screen. That's awesome. Dude, we were just like, because it's really hard when you're watch, like you're at the fight. I had to keep reminding myself to stop watching the screen and actually watch the fights live watch. in the cage. Right. Because you're just used to that. You're used to that feed. So I'm watching the fucking the screens and I'm like, hey, dumbass, watch the cage. So, yeah, yeah I, I but, throw back up and yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Angela, she was on the bottom. Uh, ABC was fucking beating up on her and boop, one of the girls popped out and it was on the big screen. Did they stop the fight to, for the, to fix it up or just let her go? Um... You know, I don't remember. I don't remember now. I just remember like I just remember the ending of that fight where Magana just ate fish sandwiches. Yeah, ABC beat the brakes off that girl. And I love that 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 the Magana would go on onto Twitter afterwards and say, you know, if I was a guy, I wouldn't have more chances to defend myself. It's like, how many more chances did you need? Right. How many like, more shots did you want to eat? Like you were, you were done. You were not gonna win. Like I'm, you probably gonna be out of the UFC at this point now. Yeah. After that, Cyborg, everything happened with Cyborg, and then everything happened with her camp, and then every, and then this fight. She hasn't had a win since 2011. She I mean, pissed. In all fairness, in all fairness, she's also only had like I think four fights in that seven year time frame, but still. Right. <laughs> yeah, she was she was mad pissed off at the referee. I do remember that. It was. I'm sure there's a lot of people that watched it that also were upset because they probably wouldn't mind seeing her take a little bit more damage. I kept calling her a cunt when she was walking out. <laughs> I just kept looking at Tony. Like, she was getting ready to come out, and I was like, oh, God damn it. He's like, what? I was like, here comes the cunt. Yeah. And then even, like, her walkout song was, like, really fucking annoying and cuntish. Oh, jeez. Yeah. ABC came out to, to uh, Detroit Rock City, though. 
Hey, look at that. We 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 previewed the walk-it music last week. Right. Yes, we did. <laughs> there were a few who came. Somebody else came out to Eminem. I don't remember. There was a couple of people that came out to Eminem, of course. Um, Did you see uh, Cyborg talking about ABC? No. She says that she owes her lunch for what she did to Magana. Yeah. I got to take her out for lunch. <laughs> like, I just love the fact that there's no one that is saying anything about Magana. Like, nothing positive at any point. Ever since that whole fires retreat thing, she's, like, disliked by everyone. Yeah, everyone thinks she's a con. Like, there's that, like, usually when, like, if there's a fighter that no one stands, there's always that one person that has to like them just because. This is like a universal dislike of her. Yeah, nobody likes that bitch. She sucks. <laughs> so great. It's fucking, she's god-awful, man. God-awful. She's the worst. <laughs> I can scroll up and down my screen and move your face wherever. Just yeah. discovered that today. So that's cool. Oh, What do you say we call it a podcast, man? So uh, yeah, we're we're creeping up on the hour and thirty minute mark again. Mm-hmm. What? Late these days, isn't there? Eleven thirty at night finish. Well, you know when we don't get started till after nine o'clock because I was at yeah. a basketball game <laughs> that would never end because the referees would not stop calling bullshit fouls. Jeff may or may not have had a rooting interest in this game. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> By rooting interest, you mean my blood was playing <laughs> getting hosed early and often yeah oh god dude he got hosed so hard i told him he, he ended the game with four fouls i was like dude if you're gonna get if you're gonna have a because he he should have fouled out they ended up giving him a mercy foul and calling it on another player <laughs> he thought he fouled out so he started walking off the court that's awesome Dude, if you're going to get that last foul, at least make it count. Take somebody out. Not take them out, but, you know. Right, yeah. But knock them, knock them the fuck down, something. Don't, don't get called for some pussy foul. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go, go hard in the paint. You know, you got to make, make your presence known. Right. Like, he was guarding a kid who really, he was... He's a little bit like wider than Dayton, but he's okay. not. But he's not like I don't think he's stronger. Like, dude, you're stronger than that kid. Push him around a little bit. Yeah, rough him up. Yeah, show him what's up. Give him a bow or two. Yeah. Fucking go, go, Bill and Beer down that bitch. I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna say, you got to uh, take him back and show him some old uh, Rodman clips or some Charles Barkley clips or something like. Oh, dude, if I'm gonna teach somebody how to play physical basketball, I'm going to Bill. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I didn't uh, tie in the uh, the bad boys there. I was thinking uh, he was in general, but yeah. he was my favorite bad boy. I I was a Bill and Beer fan. I was. There was a time I wanted Bill to fucking be the head coach. He was too busy winning championships in the WNBA. Yeah, that's when I was like, hey, we should. And we were struggling and had fucking shit. Goddamn Larry Brown left. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, they had uh, a couple of years with Flip, didn't they? Or a good year with Flip? Uh, yeah, they they did okay with Flip, I guess. They did okay. Um, and Flip era was, you know, the tough-ass goddamn Spurs and then the fucking right. tough-ass goddamn Cleveland and Miami. Yeah, they just kind of—it was just one of those like that was the best thing about those uh, those early two thousands or like mid two thousand Pistons is that they were like, I mean, not breaking any news here, but they were just a team. Like there was nothing that stood out about them, and that's what stood out. Like, yeah, they, they were weren't just, they weren't super. They were just all chemistry. Like they they were just I mean, everything Sheed, just flowed with. Sheed was probably the biggest name on the team as far as like. Yeah, a like, name most yeah, like people started, would know. You started knowing like the uh, your your big Bens and your uh, Tayshawn Princes and all that kind of stuff because of those runs that they had. But that year they went up against the Lakers. Like everyone, everyone was everyone was shocked that they even made it that far, and thought here comes another four game sweep. And then Joe Dumars, Joey D. And then Dro- that fuck Joe Dumars. He ruined that team. That's the funniest thing, too. He built them up so well and then just destroyed them all. Two words. Darko Milicic. Well, it's not like they, like anyone else went after him that was a big name, like your Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo. Right. Because <laughs> they they pissed about the second or third pick, right? They, third they pick. Were, third third pick. Yeah, they were high. It was LeBron. Then who was number two? Was it uh, Dwight? I was gonna say maybe it was Carmelo in two. Melo might have been two. Because I remember just like the names that came after him were just ridiculous. Yeah, Dwayne for sure. Like, Bosh. There were others. I mean, that was a staff class too. Yeah, Darko. Fucking. Fucking Darko. But the funniest thing about about Darko is, is that if you like in the, in any video game, his uh, his like rating, his potential rating is so ridiculously high that it's like maybe maybe something is in the Pistons organization. Like mm, they ruined Grant Hill. Jerry Stackhouse couldn't wait to get the fuck out of there. Oh, so Darko went second. Oh, it was two? It was LeBron and then Darko, and then the next... Carmelo was three. Four, next four picks were Carmelo, Bosch, Wade, and Chris Kamen. Didn't have that terrible of a thing. Nah, Chris Kamen had a good career. You know, the guys like Josh Howard, David West. Chris Kamen out Nick of Allison. Was it Kirk Central? Heinrich. I think for who? Sorry, Cayman. I think you went to Central. Uh, yep, Central. Boom. Like, I just I just gotta look up some of these names now, like Mo Williams, oh God. Kyle Corker. There's some like not not great players, but not Darko. Yeah, no shit. Fuck Darko. Fuck Joe Dumars. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. 
And while we're dropping our fucks, how about, you know, fuck you, Ohio State. Because now I gotta deal with Nick Saban in the playoffs again. Oh, no. No. Fuck the University of Goddamn Michigan. And their bullshit ass bowl that they got over a team that beat them. Finished what bowl with, did they get? Oh, the fucking. What did they get? I don't remember. They got a fucking New Year's Day. They got a goddamn. Michigan State. Washington State. Yeah, right? and the Holiday Bowl on the 28th. Michigan got a yeah. fucking New Year's Day Bowl. Fuck you. Fuck you. And then then Jim Harbaugh wants to talk shit? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's not gonna... It's not gonna be good. It's not gonna be good, dude. You don't piss off Mark D'Antonio. You just don't. Ask Mike Hart. And they're, well, that's the thing is that they're still talking like this week about him jumping back to the NFL now. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure. Like, what's he gonna like? Out of here. I've been saying it since he signed a fucking contract. Don't get comfortable because he's not staying at the University of Michigan. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way he can stand to sit down every Thanksgiving and fucking Christmas and across the table from John. And they start, you know, after a few beers, they start talking shit to each other. And Jim's like, "Yeah, you know, I was the better college player. I had the better NFL career. And then John just fucking takes his fucking ring finger and he taps it up against his goddamn Bud Light. (laughs) And that Super Bowl ring hits the fucking light and shines in fucking khaki's eyes. There's no fucking way he's not going back to the NFL. And I don't care. I don't care whatever class uh, that Michigan can draft. They're not going to be competing against the SEC. No. No way Michigan's competing with the SEC if they make a playoff. Nobody in the Big Ten really is. Ohio State would have probably gotten murked by Alabama, Clemson. They could probably beat USC. The Pac-12 is not that good. Um, no. Oklahoma, Oklahoma would have fucking shit on them. Baker Mayfield would have pissed all over Ohio yeah. State. If I was gonna say, if, if, I was gonna say if, if Iowa beat them down, like right, that, like that was. Yeah, I don't know. You can't. Like, NCAA math doesn't work like MMA math because Ohio State no, got beaten down by it, Iowa. We beat the shit out of Iowa, and then Ohio State beat the shit out of MSU. So. But what I'm saying is, for like for like a for like a, a bowl game like that, you watch the tape of how a team like Iowa could beat Ohio State. You just had to be put your same game plan. Plus, depend on your game. Like if you're an SEC, oh, if you're that, an SEC school, you're just going speed. Your, your fucking speed is gonna out outgo against any Big Ten team because we're just about size. I mean, we do have we do have athletes and speed. We you know Big Ten schools have learned from getting the shit beaten out of them by the SEC. For so long, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, before I go, I do want to mention it, and because I'm gonna get ready to play it again. But uh, tonight's intro and outro song is a song by some good friends of mine. The band is called Heartsick. The song is called Coffin Chaser. So if you dig it, you know, listening to it, go uh, go search them out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. 
a good band, good guys from uh, Lansing, Michigan, and some good buddies of mine that have uh, have done quite a bit to to help me out with things. So I love and appreciate those dudes. Right? Got anything before we go? Yeah, just uh, once again, thank you last week to Eric for jumping on with us. Uh, yes. Giving us uh, you know, some of his valuable time to talk. We're really a lot of MMA podcasting life in general. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Once again, just man, God damn it, Wisconsin couldn't keep Nick Saban in the goddamn playoff. Fucking Sons of it. bitches. Yeah, fucking blew it. He had one job. One. Goddamn cheeseheads. One job. Yeah, that's your fault. That's the first letdown. The first letdown was was Wisconsin losing to Ohio State. And the second letdown is going to be Green Bay losing to Cleveland on Sunday. Shut your mouth. They're not going to lose to Cleveland. They're, they're going to do it, I'm telling you. They're going to beat Cleveland. I don't think so. They are. This is weak. Oh, they are. You wash your face. <laughs> All right. Oh, because what happened is that Cleveland's going to beat Green Bay, then everyone's going to say, bring back Rodgers, and Rodgers is going to get hurt again. Probably. And that's exactly why. And my, my luck. As long as I would love if Aaron Rodgers would come back because then Devontae Adams could get some fucking passes. Oh, yeah, you're coming down to the wire, right? You got to be having your playoffs soon. Yeah, I got to play Tony this week in the playoffs. Going down, Tony. I, Tony beat the brakes off me a few weeks ago, but that was when my team was still in some shitty spots and trying to figure some things out. But hopefully, right. man, I want to I want to win. I want to get in the, further in the playoffs, get in the championship. Win some goddamn money. All right, let's wrap up episode 95. Thank you once again, Eric, for coming on last week, man. We appreciate you, and we love you here. Uh, Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll see you on Thursday for episode 96 where we preview this weekend's card coming up between Cub Swanson and who's Cubby fighting? Fuck, I forgot. Ortega? Yeah, T-City. T-City, Brian Ortega. We'll see you guys on Thursday. For Ryan, I'm Jeff. Thank you for listening.